You're listening to the Total Sports Experience. And now, your host, Ray Baker. Welcome into another edition and episode of the Total Sports Experience. And this is a special one. I am your host, Ray Baker. And this is the special podcast edition of the Stanley Cup Final that we mentioned to you last episode. Today is September the 19th. I know, September 19th, and we're talking about Stanley Cup Final action. Weird, but nothing in 2020 has gone the way we had planned. So uh, here we are, game number one between the Dallas Stars and the Tampa Bay Lightning. And this one is going to be interesting because I don't think anybody had uh, Dallas coming out of the West, at least when this thing started. We didn't think the Stars had maybe the star power, if you will. To reach this, especially going through the Western Conference when they had to go through the Colorado Avalanche. Now, the Avs did have a lot of injury trouble, especially at goaltender, which I think is what hurt them because without the goaltenders, if they had the right goaltending, I think the Avs would be here, not the Stars. But then the Stars then, after they went through the Avalanche, had to get through the Las Vegas Golden Knights, who made it to their second Western Conference Finals in three years. By the way, their second conference finals in their first three years of existence. Unheard of. But that team was built very well and added a lot of weapons to it. And Anton Hudobin and the Dallas Stars went through that very well. So I do like the Stars here. The Tampa Bay Lightning have done nothing but impress all the way through. This one's going to be fun. I wanted to go, before we get to the hotline, I wanted to go through the schedule with you so you understand when and where these games are at. Uh, all of them are being played in Edmonton at Rogers Place in the bubble. Continued. Game number one today, September 19th, 4.30 p.m. Is, is puck drop. You can watch that game on NBC. Then the rest of the games go as follows. Games two, three, and four are all next week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Let me get the start times for you. 5 o'clock, 5 o'clock, and 5 o'clock. That's Pacific Standard Time as we tape our show here in Los Angeles, California. So game two is Monday the 21st. Game three is Wednesday the 23rd. Game four will be Friday the 25th, all at 5 p.m. And then if we have a game five and a game six, or seven for that matter, the 26th, which is one week from today. The 28th, which is the following Monday. And then Game 7, if we have to schedule that, would be on Wednesday the 30th. And it's weird that we're finishing hockey. Finishing hockey. One day before we start October, which is normally when we would start our NHL season. So, again, 2020 has been nothing but upside down for everybody. I did read at one point that somebody had the thought of maybe we're in some sort of weird computer simulation. At this point, I wouldn't put it past anything. But that is your schedule for the Stanley Cup Final. It should be a great one. I want you to email us because there's four ways to get a hold of us here at the show. should have started with that. I apologize. Instagram and Twitter are at TSE underscore show. Facebook is the TSE show. And you can also use TSE underscore show there as well. 
And then throughout this finals, we'd like you to email us. Give us your picks. Give us your insight. Give us what you think, what happened, what should have happened, what's going to happen, and let us know uh, how how on we are or how off we are. If you like us, if you don't, hit the like button, subscribe. But the email address is show at gmail.com. On the TSE hotline with us today, as we mentioned yesterday and on the last show, this was this one's going to be fun, and this is a special episode because this is all Stanley Cup final uh, action. On the phone with us, Christopher Sheffield, the chef, is with us, our TSE insider for the NHL. And, Chef, thanks for being with us this morning, first of all. Thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be on. And boy, have we got a uh, a tilt set up for today, game one of the Stanley Cup final. The Tampa Bay Lightning, who we both thought would be there, although the Islanders gave a pretty good fight uh, up to the end. And yes, then the did. Dallas Stars, who I think in, in a lot of people's mind, I think shocked uh, Las Vegas to get here. But let's kind of break this down first, um, side by side. Let's look at Tampa sure. Bay to start. Okay. When we look at Tampa Bay, great regular season. They have torn through the playoffs. The Islanders did put up a pretty good fight, but this Tampa Bay team, although minus Steven Stamkos for the entire playoff run so far, this team has really stepped up, and they've got some weapons up front uh, to, to pull the haul here. They really do, and one other major thing that they are is other than Stamkos, they're healthy. And uh, so there's not a lot of um, men, uh, you know, man games lost or anything like that other than Samkos uh, on the Lightning. They're all coming back. Um, McDonough is back on the, on the, on the defensive uh, side of it. But more importantly is their health. So when I look at Tampa, I look how they roll their four lines. They've really got four lines rolling. They're all solid. To add in a Stamkos if he comes back in this series is is a huge plus to me. I, I mean, you, you don't leave a player like that out. But to me, looking at that lineup that Tampa has is exactly their health and how they've got lines going and, and the defensive pairs and everything else. So even though one of them's Luke Shen. I got to get that in there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, two things that really stuck out. We talked to, I talked this morning to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and uh, according to them, as of this morning, uh, Steven Samkos is not scheduled for game number one. Right. Now, one of the things that they did tell me was they are not ruling out Steven for the entire series. Now, I will say this as a former player myself, uh, if you're going to tell me at one point I get to play, I'm going to want to play. I don't care if my left leg is going to fall off. This is the Stanley Cup final, and for Steven Stamkos, this is a big – I mean, he's been chasing this for a better part of a decade, more than a decade now, 12 years, I think. Absolutely. So at this point, if you have a chance, if you're you're the the general manager and you're the training staff of the Tampa Bay Lightning, how cautious are you with Stammer at this point because – you want him to play, and you want him in. And believe me, even at fifty percent, Stammer will make a difference. He but, will. He's go ahead. But how 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 cautious can you be? I mean, I, I have to sit back and think. This is this is the face of my franchise right here. I don't want to do more damage, but I want to win a cup. You know, that's where 
all of the off ice things come into play. A player wants to play. It doesn't matter. Uh, unless he's Sylvain Turgeon in game seven, he's going to want to play. And I just dated myself there. <laughs> but in any, in any event, um, he wants to play. And there's obviously doctors that are telling him, hey, look, you're not ready. And he's not even ready to he hasn't taken a full practice yet i mean you always hear about this player is just about there he's just about back um he's in practice he's skating in the red jersey or he's a black ace or whatever they want to term it nowadays a don cherry uh used to call him black aces but um he's not even there yet so i mean do we know if he's skating do we know if he's doing this do we you know they're not ruling him out for this I think that if you can put on a pair of skates and they turn to him and say, you can play, there will be no, uh, you know, let's get your feet warmed up. You know, he's got uh, 11 days, <laughs> you know, sub to, to get up to game strength at the most. And that's if they go seven. I, I don't see him back in this series. It's un, it's very unfortunate, um, but I, I, I just don't. And um it would have to there there must be something there and it's and it's a shame i also want to throw in and of course this means nothing but it's um the way we are in society is you know what are they saving him for is it next season next season might start in march there might not even be a next season there might not even be a next week who knows but what i'm saying is is that i think as an organization they're not going to caution a player's life, but they, if they could let them play, they would. I just, I just don't see it happening. When we look uh, at, serious. when we look at, and you mentioned something interesting because the Dallas stars are, are having the same thing as injury wise. Neither one of these teams really are riddled with injuries, which we normally see in a normal run to right. a cup final. Um, with these guys being in a bubble, and not having to travel the way they do and keep some of the crazy schedules the way they do. And is that leading to some of that where you get to, you know, you're, you're done with your game, you do your post-game workouts, you go to your hotel, you're done. You're not traveling across the country. Is that, is that leading to helping with less man games lost? You know, I, I don't think so. I know that sounds – it's a great point, but I don't think so. I mean, they're getting proper rest, although – that does what you did say is um, it does lead to one thing. There is more time that they're spending in the trainer's room. So the muscle pulls or the muscle spasms or the, the bruises, they are getting more attention instead of being on an airplane and flying after a game, they're going and they're, they're, they're seeking treatment. Um, the only major injury, and this is kind of comical and, and odd. The only major injury that Dallas has is Ben Bishop, who is a former light. And he, I don't think he's played at all. If he has, he's played uh, half of a game, but he, they're not missing a beat. I mean, Hudobin's in there and he's, he's shut the door on every team so far. And I guess if they got bounced out a couple of rounds ago, they can always point to that. Well, we didn't have Ben Bishop. Well, if they didn't have Anton Hudobin, they wouldn't be in the Stanley Cup Finals. So um, that's that's the only. Uh, you're right. That's the only major injury that's on uh, on Dallas' side, and it's, and it's not even a factor. It's. Um, but I also think uh, I also think that 
these training staffs are they are some of the best in the business. Uh, the training staffs for Dallas are second to none. Um, a few years ago, they had a player, uh, Rick Peverly, Rich Peverly. Uh, he died on the bench or his heart stopped on the bench That's right. and was revived in the locker room and wanted to get back out for the second period. So, uh, and that's just, uh, and Tampa has had some uh, health issues as well that have been uh, life-threatening with a players on opposing teams and the names escape me, but uh, both of them have excellent uh, training uh, uh, training staffs for medical, you know, medical training staffs. And uh, that should not be overlooked either. So um, I, I think that you're right. This is a Stanley cup final. I would say that 99% of the teams are both healthy. They're each missing a star. Sam coast would be a much bigger loss than, than Bishop. But uh I think being in that bubble, they're going to get proper rest. There is a, I, I did look at the schedule. There is a back to back. I believe it's games three and four or four and five. And I found that very odd that they would have it back to back. But I don't want to deviate from uh, the medical stuff as well. But having that schedule, the way it's set up, um, you could definitely tell the NHL's fingerprints are all over it. They realize that the National Football League is being played. And there's also two Saturday night games in the Stanley. And this is as if it goes seven. There are two Stanley Cup final games that are going to go that are on Saturday nights. And there's also two Monday games. And those Monday games that, that are NFL games, those are heavy hitting Mondays. But we're also looking at, um, you know, another country, Canada. They do follow the NFL. They're rabid fans. But this is the Stanley Cup. This is their this is their holy grail. So nothing will get in the way of that. And they definitely wanted to make sure that there were two Saturday night games uh, being played. And there are no Sunday games. How many times did we wake up and flip on the TV? And uh, there's our, well, there's our 12 o'clock game or three o'clock game in the afternoon. And that's, that's not going to happen. The Stanley cup finals this year. Right. So let's look at one more thing that links both teams before we switch from Tampa to Dallas, because sure. Um, both of these teams, as we really look, and you know how much of a stat guy I am, I love looking at these yeah. and kind of how all, this things, all these things break out. But one thing that sticks out to me right now is there are, and, and normally you don't see this, but we've talked all the time about everybody has a role, everybody's got to pitch in. Right. We mentioned this on the last time that you and I did a, 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 a podcast was the last episode we talked about uh, scoring from the back end. Yep. Boy, is that happening in droves. Miro Hishkinen uh, of the Dallas Stars uh, has 22 points. Victor Hedman from the Tampa Bay Lightning has nine goals and 15 points. And I yep. got to tell you, if anybody right now is is leading the race for Conn Smythe, Victor Hedman of the Tampa Bay Lightning has put this team on his back and he carried has. them this far. Only two other defensemen, by the way, in National Hockey League history have more goals in a Stanley Cup run. One of them is Brian Leach of the 1994 New York Rangers. Yeah, that's uh, from Cheshire, Connecticut. So, that's right. Uh, and Avon Old Farms. How would I know that? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm only from Connecticut. I, the the comical thing with, with Hedman is, is that he has really embraced the role and has really 
pushed his presence both, like you mentioned, in the offensive zone, but also in the defensive zone. Uh, he's also killing penalties, and he's, um, I believe he's paired with, uh, I, I see him out there with Shen every so often, which is unbelievable, but killing penalties, this man is a beast. The only one taller in the NHL, I believe, is Zdeno Chara, and they use their reach to their advantage, which is what you're supposed to do, and bringing it from the back end on the power play, he can really hammer it. And just to kind of halfway touch base, because you mentioned the Tampa Tampa Bay personnel and their roles, one of the major things that I did not see the Dallas Stars and for a stretch, but also um, uh, uh, Vegas not do is send a big body in front of that goaltender Hudobin, who's not that big. He's, I think he's 5'10", 5'11". But why would they not have a gentleman like Brian Reeves um, not, you know, on the power play, you just plunk him in front of the net. You've got enough star power to work around that. And they didn't do it. And I can guarantee you that Nigel Kerwin, the video instructor and video uh, analysis of the uh, um, Tampa Bay Lightning, he will make sure that there will be a big body in front of that net. You will see Patrick Maroon see some power play time. You will see, uh, I believe they, they have a, uh, Kalorn is another one. I'm, now the names are going to escape me, right? So Kalorn and, and Maroon, you're going to see them in front of the net um, causing havoc with those Stars defensemen that, like also you mentioned, are very mobile. But these are some big, big men. This is where, uh, you know, this is their, their bread and butter. And... Um, Tampa definitely has enough talent up front to work around that as well. I'm very surprised that Vegas did not alter their um, alter their power play. And I will tell you that um, Nigel probably also has picked up on that cross pass. So how many times did we see Stone try to feed Paxaretti on across right at the dot or just above the circle on that power play? And Hudobin was out every time to meet him at the top of the crease. And that will not happen on a regular basis with the Tampa Bay Lightning. They It doesn't matter who's shooting it. If the goaltender's in his right position and he's, he's square to the puck and square to his net, uh, he's going to stop at a 99 times out of a hundred. So um, I, it'll be interesting to see how Tampa picks up that um, picks up that piece of information with the uh, power play, at least uh, and the big bodies in front of the net. Christopher Sheffield, the chef is with us, our TSC insider for the NHL. And we're looking at the Stanley cup final, which begins tonight. So as we were looking at that uh, earlier, the schedule uh, looks like this. Game one is tonight. Game two, three, and four are all next week. Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And like you mentioned, no Thursday night game to go up against the NFL. Yep. Then our back-to-back -back is game four and game five, which is Friday, Saturday. Normally, if we do what we normally would do is every other day, game five would have ended up on a Sunday. And so That's to not go up against the NFL, they did that back-to-back, -back, game four, game five. Now, we're going to kind of transition here to the other side, but I want to ask you a question before we do that. Sure. As we go from game four to game five, typically, especially with travel, when you do that, you are going to play uh, a backup goaltender in one of those situations. With the way these guys have been playing with Vasilevsky on the lightning side and Anton Hudobin on the star side, I don't see that happening. I don't see a backup goaltender, especially when you're talking about either game four or game five, which could potentially be 
Stanley Cup winning games, I don't see a backup goaltender in this series at all. Uh, I believe you're correct. I do not see uh, Curtis uh, McKinley, uh, the former Duck, the former Leaf, and former everything. Uh, I do not see him in the. Uh, I do not see him in the net. He's uh, um, a true professional backup. Uh, comes to the rink uh, game ready to play uh, if his team is called upon him. But we've already seen in the playoffs this year that when you're pushed to your backup and then your third string, like like Colorado was. The importance of having some depth there. Both their goaltenders are, both the backup goaltenders in this series, rather, uh, they they are well prepared. They come to the rink game ready, like I mentioned. But there's a drop off of talent, no doubt. But uh, Dallas really has a true um, Zamboni driver of a backup. He is a gentleman that has only seen, I believe he's played 20 minutes in the National Hockey League period, and that was last series against um, Vegas. He had some mop-up duties, and he's never played in, he's never played in the NHL. He's a uh, he's their third string, and it's because Ben Bishop's been injured, but you play what you have, and um, it's, it's unbelievable that you're going to have you're going to have a salary cap of $70 million or $80 million and your backup goaltender makes the league minimum. And that's who you will depend on. If your goaltender steps on a puck and pulls his groin and warmups, it's uh, but that's the nature of the beast. The back-to-back games uh, don't affect the goaltenders as much. Um, but I will say that <laughs> should that, should that Friday night game go to a couple of overtimes? And we've, I think Dallas has played 13 overtime periods so far in the, in the playoffs. Should it go, um, you know, two, three overtimes, you, they are going to look at fatigue. You are going to look at, uh, um, you know, uh, replenishing the body with fluids as the goaltenders do lose 10 to 12 pounds a game. But the best part is the bubble. They're going to go right off the ice um, he'll start to hydrate immediately and, um, also, you know, he'll be able to get his proper rest. There will be no travel. And, uh, so that's, that's a huge, huge plus, especially in the finals when it's East versus West, where you could have, you know, you could have had the Panthers and the Canucks and you're looking at, uh, I don't think they would have done back-to-back games, but even if it was a Friday, Sunday type thing with a Sunday afternoon game, you're looking at a less than 48 hour turnaround and a cross continent flight. So, um, you know, the bubble will, will save these goaltenders should they go a few rounds of, uh, a few extra periods on, on Wednesday night or Friday night, rather. So let's now transition to the other side of the Dallas Stars, who, uh, to me, um, like you mentioned, I think had it, I don't want to say easy because never, any series is never easy, but going through the Calgary Flames, uh, the way they went through uh, the Vegas Golden Knights in the Western Conference Finals was, to me, pretty impressive the way they did it. But there's two guys, I think, that uh, aside from uh, Miro Hishkinen that we mentioned already on the defensive side, there's two guys that are standing out. One is Dennis Gurionov, who scored the overtime winning goal uh, against the, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights to send Dallas to the, to the Stanley Cup Final. Nine yeah. goals as a rookie. This kid has really been impressive, but I think the guy that really has 
uh, kind of opened my eyes a little bit is the captain. Jamie Benn really has started playing, I think, some of the best hockey of his career in this Stanley Cup run for the Stars. Uh, is he the guy that's going to lead them here to, to a possible win this year? He has to be. He he has to be. There's no way around it. If they were to win the Stanley Cup and he fell short of scoring a goal in the finals, uh, I don't think you could actually even come up with a you know scenario where that would happen. But um, he has to be. He he is their go-to guy, and I think we all we always touch on something and we always think about it, but. You know, it, it harkens me back, and I'm definitely going to date myself here, or maybe I shouldn't, but, you know, in the early 80s, uh, Bobby Clark was still playing for the Flyers, and they gave Bobby Clark a weekend off. They flew him to, I believe it was somewhere in Florida, Fort Lauderdale probably, and they said, you're taking 48 hours off, and you're going to go and rest with your family, and they gave him a weekend off. And he went kicking and screaming because he's a hockey player doesn't want to miss a shift let alone a game and he's the captain of the flyers i have found watching these playoffs the younger players are pushing through don't get me wrong they all want to make a name for themselves but i'm amazed at these older players that have been in the league a while the veterans that have played on uh gold gold medal gold medal winning teams or played in the olympics that have had elongated seasons um they they got a they got a you know a 130 day rest and they're all ready and ben scoring these goals has not surprised me how fresh he is on every shift has surprised me and the nhl really should take a look at that when they when they sit down and do their marketing and their scheduling and that's a whole other podcast but it's amazing that the travel really does wear down a player long term. I mean a playoff series, you know, you're you know you're flying, you know, Montreal, Toronto or Boston, New York, whichever, but it it really does the regular season is a grind. It's a marathon. I mean, the last half of a marathon or the last third of a marathon is 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 unbelievable. It's you know, it's all you have. But Jamie Ben is fresh as a daisy. He is uh, he has been unbelievable. The hand quickness is still there, which I thought it left him a few years ago. But also, I I I, I got to give him credit, and I really don't want to because I don't like him. But Joel Pavelski and Corey Perry, two California players that I, I mean, I loathe the Ducks and and the skunks, but, um, and I got to keep it clean with my duck stuff, but, uh, <laughs> Michael Walters would be all over me for that. But the, but the funniest thing is, is that they are, you know, it's vintage Corey Perry, not a vintage Corey Perry because they're fresh. They're, you know, Pavelski is, has, has, has jumped on the Ben bandwagon and it, they have been unbelievable. Um, Cogliano I see is out there skating as well. And he's been, I think of all the uh, skaters, he's the one that's been nicked up the most with the stars, but he's been excellent. He's been um, flying around like he usually is, you know, no hands, but you know, he's got skates. So uh, <laughs> he's, he's been excellent, but 
it, you're right. It's been Ben, and it has been uh, unbelievable to watch uh, him. It's almost like you know, like a swan song, like he, like it's the end of his career. And this might be a springboard for three or four more years of solid Jamie Ben because of the rest he's had. The other thing that I look at with Dallas, and this is what um, I think presents the Lightning with the biggest challenge. Ben Bishop goes down. And yeah. I didn't think when we talked, when I did a, an episode really early in the season as we were coming back, I said, I don't know that Ben Bishop is the guy that the Dallas Stars want to ride to the Stanley Cup because I didn't think he was a Stanley Cup uh, goaltender. When I say that, I mean, when we look back at guys that have put a team on their back, um, I've made it no... Not not a secret at all that I'm a, a huge LA Kings fan. If you look at when I do my sports updates, the jerseys are in the back and everything like that. Sure. Uh, Connecticut-born uh, Jonathan Quick. Yeah. Um, when, when Johnny led the 2012 LA Kings to a Stanley Cup, he put that team on his back. And a lot of the LA Kings fans said, you're not going to beat him four games out of seven. Um, when the Chicago Blackhawks did it, Corey Crawford was on his game. And they said, you're not going to be Crawford four games out of seven. Anton Hudobin, what he did to the Vegas Golden Knight offense, which is pretty powerful in my my opinion. Absolutely. He put the stars on his back because not only was he making great saves, not only was he in great position, but he was making saves at key times of games that swing momentum. And he he did that on a number of, of, of occasions. Now, as, as high-powered as Tampa is, I think Anton Hudobin is going to be, if the Stars come out to the win, it's going to be Hudobin who's going to be the difference maker. He will be the difference maker. Uh, although, I, the one thing that, that bothers me as a Tampa Bay fan is, should Ben and the rest of them get on a roll? We've never seen Vasilevsky bounce back we haven't seen him i mean every goalie gets shelled every so often don't get me wrong but you know you get pounded two or three games in the row you know it's pretty much all she wrote i mean columbus proved that last year uh i mean they smoked tampa four straight and they really didn't have an answer for that and um so his, but his he's prepared for every game he's he's in every game but you know, it's it's that mental toughness. Now, Hudobin, being a backup goaltender uh, through most of his career, knows what it's like that, you know, you can be the backup goaltender and have a bad game. Your next game better not be the same or else, you know, you might be out of the league. So here he is. He's pushed himself, and he knows where he is. He knows exactly what's going on. He's doing it his way. If you watch the Dallas players, they kind of leave him alone. After a big save or anything like that, he's not that emotional guy. Um, they've they've left him alone, and I, I enjoy watching the fact that he's grown into himself, and he knows that he's not bigger than the team, which is the best thing you need as a goaltender. Uh, Jonathan Quick, you mentioned earlier, is a perfect example as a goaltender that had to grow within the Kings scheme and within the Kings system to fit in, um, and he did that to perfection. And um, I think Hudobin is is in the same scenario. I think that he can grow into this. He's grown into the position. He's ready for the for the challenge. He's uh, he knows exactly where he is. 
I, I picked Dallas not to win the Stanley Cup uh, a couple of rounds ago. And even though I'm uh, eating some crow this morning, I still think Tampa can get over on them. But it's it'll be tough to beat Hobby uh, Bowen. It'll be tough to beat Hudobin. You just dated uh, yourself again with that Hobby Bowen drop but right had, there. But I had Stanley – I had – I had season tickets to the Tampa Bay Lightning. I was at the Stanley Cup Finals in the St. Pete Times Forum. Oh, yes. And uh, that's with Paul Porter and the rest. But Hobby Bullen was – he was another one. It, he grew into that system that that um, Rick Dudley uh, traded for him. Uh, Craig Ramsey built a defensive system, and Tortorella ran with it. And uh, it's, a, it's generally a perfect combination. I do want to say this as well. I know that – Rick Bonus has been, uh, first of all, Rick Bonus had the second best mullet in the coaching ranks in the in the 90s next to Barry. Nobody says anything about that. Rick Bonus is a tremendous guy. He's from uh, Nova Scotia, and um, he's a glass puncher. I don't know if you remember, but he used to punch the glass um, with with the back of his hand, not the not the knuckles. Um, but he's coached some pretty horrible teams here in the national hockey league. Uh, he was with the jets early on in the early eighties before ducky got there and he was with Ottawa and he's been an assistant coach forever, bounced around to quite a few teams. I want to say Boston and even Tampa was one of them, but he's a great guy and he's a perfect coach for the Dallas stars for the Stanley cup finals. And it also raised a, a couple of questions I had to myself this week. How many NHL teams have made it to the Stanley Cup Finals and lost with an interim coach? I don't. Th- I can't think of one that's lost. I know that Robinson has has uh, with the New Jersey Devils brought him to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals and won. And just last year, Craig Berube did the same thing. Um, I'm not. I'm trying to remember. I think Terry Murray was coaching. You'll know this better than I do. Terry Murray was coaching the Kings, and he got the axe early on. And um, Sutter took over midseason. Yeah, so, now he, he uh, we were on a road trip in Boston. Actually, I remember that like it happened yesterday. And and yeah. Terry Murray got the axe there, and that was very early. I want to say that was even before that we hit the the third the third of the season. Um, yeah. And and things were kind of off the rails, and and Coach Sutter came in, and and that 2011 2012 year is the year that they won their first of two Stanley Cups. So yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I have to I have to find the audio of it, but I was doing a podcast um, with the hockey god, and I said to him, "The Kings are in trouble. They need to get rid of the coach, and they need to bring in somebody that will uh, kick over a trash can." And I said the same thing um, that uh, the Ducks needed to do the same, and I said it's too bad that the Kings couldn't hire Carlisle and do that what he did up in L.A. with what he did here with the Ducks. And I think Boudreaux must have been there by then. But, um, you know, it's it's funny. I did I did pick the Kings to win the Cup. I don't know why I did that. They never they had never won the Cup before. They hadn't been in the finals since 93. And I did come out and say that they needed a, a tough coach. And then a week later, uh, Terry Murray was gone, and that was it. And then um, – I think I think he was the toughest Sutter other than Brian. And the whole family was afraid of Brian. But uh, Daryl was uh, was unbelievable. And he, but he worked the hardest. And, um, you know, it's getting back a little bit to Rick Bonus. The coach's work ethic is a reflection of the players. John Cooper is 
uh, well-respected in his locker room. Uh, I've raved about Nigel Kerwin. Uh, they, they all have excellent assistant coaches that help them with everything. Rick bonus is the same way. He's got a, he's got a great staff next to him. And, um, you know, Terry, uh, Terry Murray, Daryl Sutter had the same thing in LA. They, he brought in a, a defensive guru and they grew with it. And, um, you know, that's, that's how the NHL is. They, the players either grab on or they don't, and they don't let go when they're in the Stanley Cup finals. So this, this finals will shape up. I think it's going to be over quickly. Um, but it also could, it also could go seven games. So. Well, I, as a as a hockey fan, as a sports broadcaster, I I'll take seven games all day long. That's just that means three extra games of excitement for me. But um, I, I like how both of these teams are um, spread out. With there's not a a crazy amount of young kids on either team. Um, Dallas had, I mean, I'm sorry, Tampa's got some some great young kids. Braden Point, who's only 23 years old, right. uh, looks fantastic uh, for that team. Yep. Uh, Eric Cernak has been playing unbelievable. Anthony Sorelli, who scored the overtime goal against the Islanders, is only 22. <coughs> so you've got some great, great young kids. But look at the depth and look at the um, the veterans that are on these teams. Victor Hedman's on that team. Alex Kalor, Nikita Kucherov, uh, Pat Maroon, who's won Stanley Cups. Ryan McDonough, um, you've got uh, – I'll even put Andre Palat in there as well. Sure. Um, Cedric Paquette is in there. All the, he's only 26, but some great, great um, veterans. But then I turn the page and I look at the Dallas roster. Um, Joe Pavelski, Corey Perry, Alexandra Radulov, Tyler Sagan, Andre Sekera. I mean, this. both of these teams are built – for this moment, and I, I, it's for me sitting at this desk right here. I, I'm going to tell you, this is hard to pick one of these teams out to either win Game One or win the series. You know, I think I picked Tampa, and and I, I, I don't like to switch, but I, I think with it's it's who's playing hot at the right moment, right? Right. And I think yep. Anton Hudobin, just goalie to goalie. If you look at Hudobin versus Vasilevsky. I think Hudobin's got the hotter hand as we sit today right now. Definitely. He definitely has the hotter hand. Uh, his hand is as hot as Hedman's uh, hand playing defense. Um, you touched on it earlier with the, uh, with the uh, records that he's about to set or he's moving up the ladder to set um, um, other records as well other than the goal scoring. But Hudobin is – Hudobin will be the key to this series. I don't see Vaz, uh, Vasilevsky uh, being the key. It's uh, There's m- more components. But Dallas has that system, and they're built from the net out. Uh, they did that with uh, – th- it's funny. They thought it would be Bishop. But, you know, if you go through the lineups, 1 through 18 – I think that there's more balance on Dallas, although Tampa does roll four lines. But the star power with uh, the defense of the Lightning and their mobility might be a little bit better. I, I, I see him jumping in the play a little bit more often than, than Dallas. But Dallas is nothing to you know, sneeze at either. They're, they're right on top of their game. And this is going to be a close Stanley Cup, but I – I just feel that if Tampa can jump, if Tampa jumps them the first game and they get, 
if Dallas gets down two games to none, and I hate to say this as well because I've seen them come storming back, but you know this is the finals, and you know you go for the jugular now. There's no, there's no you know trying to get by and throwing away games and stuff. This is this is it, and I just see Tampa just pushing that gas pedal a little harder. Their offense is a little bit sharper, a little bit crisper. Um, and they do make in-game adjustments that are just phenomenal. And every time I say something great about Tampa, um, it makes it sound like I'm not saying anything that Dallas can do to combat it. They certainly can. There's, you know, you have a coach that's been coaching, you know, 30, 35 years. I mean, there's no way around that. You, you, don't, get, you don't get to that level and stay there um, just by grabbing pucks and tossing them in a bucket. This guy knows what he's doing. Um, but, uh, I do want to, um, say that I, I honestly think that, um, Tampa just being, I don't know, there's just something with Tampa that they've got some, some, some extra jam in their step. And I, I think that they can really dominate a play for long stretches. And, uh, but I did see Dallas weather that storm against Vegas for those long stretches as well. So it'll be interesting to see. So the record that you mentioned, I just want to mention it real quick again. Victor Hedman sure. has nine goals in this playoff run. Two players, sure. as a defenseman, have scored more. Well, he's actually tied right now with a couple of guys. Just a couple, just nobody's Bobby Orr and Brad Park. That's it. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the two guys that are above him, uh, we mentioned Brian Leach. That was during the 93-94 New York Ranger uh, Stanley sure. Cup run, which was – um, I, look, I'm not even a Ranger fan, but I was a Ranger fan in 93, 94. That was just amazing. I love that run. Yeah. The only other defenseman above him is just some guy that wore number 77 for years, some guy named Paul Coffey. I don't know if he's any good or not, but that was during yeah. the 84, 85 Edmonton Oilers run uh, where he scored 12 goals in 18 games. That I mean, Paul Coffey, let, let, let's be honest for a second, Brian Leach, stereotypical defenseman. Um, fantastic offensively minded. Paul Coffey, uh, I put in the Bobby Orr category. Paul Coffey was not a your standard defenseman. This guy was probably one of the smoothest skating hockey players, period, that I think yep. I've ever seen. He was. Uh, he definitely had some wheels. He was definitely the smoothest, uh, one of the smoothest skating uh, defensemen I've ever seen. I also saw uh, Ray Orusalainen on a regular basis with the Rangers, and he later played and won a cup with Edmonton in in '90. But he was another one that just had tremendous wheels, uh, almost like a Russ Cortnell playing defense. Um, all three of them. But you know, the funny thing to harken back to is um, the NHL had this. Uh, I called it the quarantine round. It was the round to get into the playoffs or right. the round robin or whatever they called it. Right. And I, th and I think Tampa played three games and they counted those stats toward the playoffs. Now I can tell you right now, um, 83, 84, I believe that that was definitely, um, if it's the right year I'm thinking of, that was, uh, Paul Coffey's first Stanley cup win with Edmonton and they swept the Islanders. So I, I don't know how many games Paul Coffey played that playoffs, but I'm going to guess that they probably, that the, the Oilers probably swept your Kings or they probably swept the Canucks and let Calgary and Winnipeg uh, beat the tar out of each other and then beat Calgary in a seven game and then probably dismantled the Blackhawks in four or five games. So 
for Paul Coffey to get that many goals in those that few of games uh, says a lot about the talent that was on Edmonton's team. Everybody kind of looks back and says, oh, yeah, Gretzky was great. You really don't understand that the man would get two to three points in a game for 80 games, you know, or, you know, uh, you know, I think he, that was the year he had, uh, I think that was the year he had 190 points. I'm trying to remember, but, uh, um, that those teams were stacked. I mean, the, those top six forwards and the top two or top four, uh, top two pairings rather. And they had an excellent backup goaltender as well. Uh, those teams were unbelievable. And, um, uh, for coffee to get that many goals, uh, with all that star power around him you would think that you know that it would be a little bit more evenly distributed after Wayne it was not he ran everything but he could not play defense and you would you would not see him killing penalties and the common refrain at the rink was what's that smell oh it smells like burnt coffee is what they would say and I will mention that I did see Mr. Coffee and several other of several other of these Edmonton Oilers that you talk about, or I am now. I saw them lose a game eleven nothing to the Hartford Whalers, who stunk at that time, and they got burped for eleven goals right there in the old Hartford Civic Center. The the. I, I begged my parents to take me out to the mall game, and we went to the mall, which is the Hartford Civic Center. I was going to say, was wasn't that like parked right in the middle of a shopping mall? Yeah. So you, I, you know, it's funny. Um, it's it's it was fifty five stores. I guess the funniest thing is is that it's all under one roof. It was a large city block. It's all under one roof, and right smack in the middle of the mall was a well after the roof collapse they rebuilt it but it was a 14,000 seat arena and um it was great now before the <laughs> this is going way back this is what i mean i got to talk about my whaler guys uh Pete, <laughs> and, and that that's because we, we've got a couple we've got a couple shout outs coming up but f- yeah. fin- finish that yeah. thought yeah 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 so we go to you, the thing is you go see the new england whalers and you go see gordy howe and his kids playing hockey together almost like uh, Kratz and Debbie Garcia going to play catch for the Yankees this past week. But you go in and see Gordy, and you saw Johnny McKenzie, and you saw Davey Keon, and you saw Rick Lee, and you, you saw them all. They were all there. But the best part was, if you're sitting, I was a kid. I was born in, you know, the 60s. So this is, they were there in the 70s before they jumped into the NHL. And I'd sit there and go, hey, Dad, I think I want a big match. And he would leave his seat. You go out of the arena. Because the only thing you're doing is walking down the hall, and he'd go get me a Big Mac. He come back, I, so I'm sitting there with a, I'm sitting there on St. Patty's Day drinking a green shake and fries and a Big Mac, and my sister would look up and say, "You forgot the salt," and my dad would go back and get the salt. So, um, but it, that's how it was. You could, you could. I, I remember, I vividly remember that there was this plastic bowl i don't even know what it was and it's you know probably with the quarantine it's probably been sold out but in the 70s they had this plastic bowl and um there was a there was a tri-tip steak and and broccoli and mashed potatoes in the bowl and you they'd walk it down to your seat and you'd eat it because it came from chuck steakhouse or carbones right there in the mall and then on the way out, you got to stop and get Munson's chocolate. And I don't want to get going on Munson's chocolates because, you know, I, there's different. 
that, that, that's a, that's a whole other episode. Oh, that is. <laughs> let me tell you, the hair just stood up on my on my arm, and my <laughs> veins are popping out. I could pop a vein right here. I mean, because most of these chocolates. I mean, I I know there's great chocolate pieces. You know, there's the Rocky Mountain and all this other seas chocolates. I guess they're out there and yep. stuff. But let me tell you, Colin McEnroe got in so much trouble on on WTIC when he said. Munson's chocolates, that's the best thing you'll ever put in your mouth. And I mean, boy, did he get into a lot of trouble saying that. Um, Yeah, and um, he he couldn't believe it. And the next thing you know, Munson's chocolate sales went through the roof. But they knew what they were doing. The chocolate is unbelievable. It's the smoothest chocolate I've ever put in my mouth. But anyway. um, So two things uh, we want to mention here before we go. And and by the way, we're going to do another podcast Chef and I are going to get together, uh, I think, right either in the middle of, of the Stanley Cup final or maybe right after because as soon as the Stanley Cup final is over and we award the Stanley Cup this year, uh, offseason starts and it's a yeah. shotgun start. We've already had some trades, but you and I are going to go yeah. over everything as far as contracts, salary caps, uh, who's moving where. There are some big free agents uh, they are going to be moving. Alex Petrangelo could be moving. Uh, well, he's An- going. Anton, he's going. <laughs> Anton Hudobin uh, is a yep. is a unrestricted free agent, uh, the, the goaltender for the Dallas Stars. Uh, Tory Krug of the Boston uh, Bruins. There, yep. there is a lot of moving parts. So we're going to go over all of that uh, very, very soon. So we can we can do all that. But there's a couple things we wanted to mention here at the end of this this episode. Uh, the first one is the Whaler guys. Uh, oh, you and yeah. I, you and I talked yep. off the air for a little bit, but we wanted to throw that out there. The Whaler guys and give them a shout out on our show. Yeah. Talk about them a little bit and what what that is. Well, uh, Pete and Jerry are the Whaler guys, and uh, I'm not bashful of saying this. Um, I had my right hip replaced, and I was able to put um, initials on my hip. And there are several different ones, and we can talk about all of those at a later podcast as well. But on there is TWG, and those are the Whaler guys. It's um, Jerry Irwin and uh, probably get that name wrong and Pete H- Peter Hindle and uh, they are trying to bring hockey back to Hartford uh, obviously not financially you let the big bucks take care of that uh, Pete and Jerry are much smarter than that they're not going to invest their their uh, money into that but um, they're out there and they're they're making a difference uh, in the in the Hartford hockey landscape and um, they mean a lot to me, but I know that they would want me to do my homework, and I want you boys to know, and I want everybody else to know, I am doing my homework. I know that Jeff Reese is the goaltending instructor of the Dallas Stars. I know that um, the assistant coach on the uh, Dallas bench is John Stevens, but I also want to point at them and say, did you know that Mikhail Anderson is their European scout which I found out. And I also want to point that there will, there will definitely be a former Hartford Whaler on the Stanley cup once again this year, because on the Tampa side is Todd Richards and he had a cup of coffee with the Whalers. I believe that was his only NHL cup of coffee, the same as John Stevens. And um, so it brings me great joy that there will be yet another Whaler uh, coach on the Stanley cup. And I can only hope that, uh, Dean Evison gets his uh, his troop together and etches their name as well because he's a good Canadian kid as well. 
So the Whaler guys, I, I, I love hearing about stuff like that. And, and if, yep. if there's ever an episode we can get those guys on on the phone and, and chat about that, that would be <laughs> – now we're talking. You, you would have to have a separate episode if you mentioned the name Carmanos. And you would definitely have to have the rating on there because let me tell you, when they – when you know, <laughs> I I was with him in studio in Hartford uh, a few years ago, and like a dum dum, I wore my whaler jersey, and of course we're behind a green screen, so I didn't really do him any favors. Awesome, but uh, yeah, but uh, they had whaler ties that were blue, I think it was because of the green screen behind them, and it was popping. But they were it's it, a tremendous, uh, both of them, just tremendous men. They have both made numerous appearances at the Berger Pond Hockey Tournament. Um, which is probably the next thing we're going to talk about. But uh, for them to show up in their whaler gear and skate around and have people turn and look and, you know, the Ranger and Bruin and uh, Icelander fans all turn and look and, and say, wow, those, that's the whaler guys. It was pretty cool. It was early on for Berger Pond Hockey, and uh, they helped put us on the map too. And I, I really appreciate that. And um, that meant a lot. So, and, but I did I did do my homework there. There will be a there will be a whale around the cup. So that is the next thing I am going to mention is sure. Berger Pond Hockey. And listen, when you and I chatted about this on one of the the previous episodes, I got so excited. I said, "Hey, yeah. I want to come out. I want to do a show or shows plural from oh, yeah. the tournament." And you said, "Absolutely, come on out." So there is there's two things right now. First of all, if you're listening to us anywhere on your phone, uh, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Open up another tab, and I want you to go to bergerpondhockey.com. That's the first thing, because then you're yep. going to learn everything about that. But the second tab I want you to open is for a GoFundMe. And I'm just going to read this right from here because this is okay. brilliant. Absolutely <laughs> brilliant, okay? Okay. Okay. So there's a GoFundMe page set up right now. Our goal is $6,000. It's called Clips for the Cup. And uh, if you're not sure what that little pink logo is, Turn your phone sideways. It's the Hartford Whalers. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So I'm going to let you keep going, but I, I definitely want to touch base. Go, go okay. ahead. So uh, Pond Hockey's very own Christopher Sheffield. Chef is, is here with me here. He's raising money for the sixth annual Berger Pond Hockey, the only pond hockey event held in Connecticut to be held January 30th, 2021. And I'm glad it's 2021 because, let's face it, you and I, 2020 has sucked. So let's yeah, kick well. off 2021 the right way with this beautiful outdoor pond hockey event in Connecticut. And I'm praying to God that it's not 10 degrees. It says, Chef has put his hair and beard on the line. Should the goal of $6,000 be obtained and the Dallas Stars win the cup, off come the hair and the beard. And by the way, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Burger Pond Hockey event in Connecticut. Dude, yep. I am uh, – listen, if I had just six grand laying around, I would just do it myself <laughs> just so I could watch you shave the dome completely. Well, the funny thing is is that I will say I've sent it out to a couple of my friends to see if what they would think. And they have written back, and I'm not. I'm. I when I go back on my word, I make sure I announce it to the world. When I picked, who did I pick? I picked Colorado. And the second the goalies went down, I said, "That's it. Dallas is moving on." But I said that early on. My friends in 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 Boston and back east, they don't want my head shaved. They want a mohawk. They want me to look like. Yeah. Oh, that's they, that. That might be yep. even better. 
they're like, they said, you know what? They said the beard comes off. That's first and foremost, because you'll never, you'll never hear the end of it. But we want a Mohawk. We want you to look like Beaker from the Muppets. We want an ugly, we don't want clean shaven. You know, Telly Savalas picked up women till the day he died. <laughs> they don't want that. You know, <laughs> they want an ugly dude with a mohawk. Listen, so I'll, 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 whatever they want. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go because you're such a diehard Whalers fan. Yeah. Because we're going to effort the Whaler guys. I would like yeah. one request from me. Sure. As well for one day and one day only after we give you the Mohawk. Yeah. On both sides of the Mohawk, much like an NFL helmet would look like. I would like to throw a Dallas Stars decal logo of some sort on the side of your dome for one day so that I, I we can, can we can take a picture of that and prove to people if we put a GoFundMe on there, we need to raise money for this fantastic event out there. What yep. what we say not only is true, but we're going the extra mile. Okay. I will put a star on each side, and I'll tell you what. I'm in big trouble, so I don't mind saying this because um, I fly on the day before Game Seven, and if Dallas, if Dallas pulls this off in six games, oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be get, I'm going to be getting on a flight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have a mohawk, no beard. <laughs> They're going to look at my ID, and they're going to go, "Who is this?" I gotta tell you right now. Open up that phone. Look, Dallas just won, and I'm gonna be flying. Uh, and I'm thankful that I mean, if I was flying through Dallas, that would be no problem. Hey, great, great job, huh? But I'll make sure that I'll wear a green T-shirt. I'll make sure that I have the star on. And I will tell you, when you first started saying you want shaving the side of your head, when I played college hockey in New York, I had um, a mohawk, but it was a mohawk that fluffed out. And I mean, it was a four-inch mullet in the back. Oh, I mean, it, yes. Oh, yeah. Bosworth had nothing on me. <laughs> and But on the sides of my head, I had shaved my jersey number. And on the other side, I had a, I had a, I don't know how you want to call it, but the horn of a Viking, because we were the Vikings. So I had a Viking horn on one side of my head and my jersey number on the other. Ooh, that is and dedication, me, my friend. And, and let me tell you, we... Um, that grew out that year, and when we came back to college, we permed our mullets. And let me tell you. You went Ed um, Belfer on me even. Wow. It was brutal. Let me tell you, I was – I hate to say it like this. It makes me sound pompous, but I was one of the better-looking guys on the team. But the uglier guys, they, they had no shot. They, had, they, they were not getting digits anywhere. Well, listen, I'll, I will make it easy on you. We won't shave anything in the side of your head to keep it that permanent, but yep. we will get some sort of, you know, helmet decal or something like yep. that just to just to throw on the side of the dome right there for the Dallas Stars if they win. Well, well, we uh, we were green and gold, and I remember uh, the girl that did my hair did uh, used a gold like a hair crane 
that you could put. So I will, if for some odd reason I can't get the star, which I don't think it would be much of a problem, I will definitely get a green. There will, there will be some, let me, there will not be just the shaved mohawk and there you go. There will be something stenciled on my head, whether it's with the uh, color crayon or yes. I'll, 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 I definitely know how to do it. Um, the other thing is you mentioned the Berger logo. So this is the tip of the hat to Mike Visor who was one of the first professional goalie coaches I ever had, who took the time to work with us at Avon Old Farms. Mike Visor played with, with uh, Tony O and Esposito. When he came to Hartford, um, he uh, he kind of jumped into the community. He was really great, and he worked with Andre Lacroix and so forth. But uh, he went to Binghamton, and uh, they sent him down when they signed Greg Millen, and they kept Garrett as the backup. When Garrett was, was traded off to Quebec, up came Mike Visor. And there were photos of Mike Visor in a Binghamton Whaler jersey in the newspaper. And I love the logo. And what they did was they took the Hartford Whaler logo and they rounded the bottom of the H and turned it sideways to a B. So I'm sitting there, B, wow, that's great. And I'm sitting there, you know, when we started Berger Pond Hockey and we had a lot of Bruins fans and I'm like, they're like, oh, just put the Bruin B logo and write Berger on it. And I looked at it and I, we looked like idiots, which is a lot like the Bruins fans. But, um, yeah. So uh, I'm like, you know what? I remember Mike Visor working for me or working with me as a kid and I'm working with kids here at my tournament. I'm going to pay homage to uh, Mike Visor and I'm going to go with the Binghamton logo and I'm going to turn it sideways. And uh, I, br we, I have a lot of girls that play at my tournament. So I brought in the pink and the black and they loved it. Um, last year, we were purple for our tournament nurse, Margaret Ture. She loves the color purple. So we went with that. And uh, we always kind of change up the colors a little bit. Um, I'm all, and I'm constantly changing my mind. But we do have other other logos. But that's our Berger B. We call it. That's our Berger logo. And um, Margaret, our tournament nurse, and she's also been a friend of mine since she was 11. Um, uh, I was much younger. I like to make sure I'm not that old. <laughs> but uh, but uh, not. Uh, but she said to me, she's like, you got to keep the same logo. And that's what we've done. And it's, and it's taken off. Our logo is seen everywhere. As a matter of fact, our stickers were on the back of every girl's hockey helmet in the girls hockey league in the state of Connecticut for their playoffs, uh, two years ago. Nothing was happened, uh, this past uh, spring, obviously, but, uh, that's how we do it. And, but definitely, I will definitely have some sort of dallas star somewhere on my on the side of my my noggin um should the lightning win uh you know do i put a lightning bolt with blue i i, I don't know but uh we'll, we'll figure um, something out for you for but sure get, getting on the plane itself will be uh will be uh unbelievable with um the Mohawk. Uh, it definitely do not look like any of my pictures. So you may want to you may want to video log some of that for uh, for a future. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. They, TSA gets a hold of you, and that's that's going to be a fun day for you, my friend. Yeah, you know, it's. I'm glad I'm flying into Hartford. Uh, should I be flying out of Hartford? I've I've said this all along. It's uh, there's no secret to this. There are many things you do not mess with in this world. Uh, you do not mess with a snake that's in a box with a mouse. You do not mess with a, a woman that's burning toast and ask her when breakfast is ready. And you do not, under any circumstance, mess with the Connecticut State Police not there's no joking around google connecticut state police pictures and go to the the images uh, there's none of them smiling 
they're 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 the unfortunately they have the ugliest uniforms I've ever seen on a police officer. That doesn't help. Even worse than New Jersey and Maryland and I think Wisconsin. But um, you just you just do not. I mean, you go through two TSA anywhere. You know, it's kind of laid back a little bit. You know, uh, the state police have a counter at the end of the TSA. So like if they don't think you know, things are going to happen, uh, or they think things are going to happen. They're ready to pounce. And I will say this as well. I remember I heard this marching. It sounded like, like, uh, it sounded like the army and there were six state police, uh, in Connecticut. And, uh, they were walking down the, the walkway at the airport and they were transferring a federal prisoner from the hands of a U.S. Marshals to the Connecticut State Police, and that inmate did not want to go to Connecticut. What does that tell you? <laughs> Send me back to federal prison. Send me back with the U.S. Marshals, but please do not set me in the hands of... And the best part is they put this thing on him. I'm like, oh, that's funny. He must have a back problem. They're putting a harness on his back. No, 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 no. That's what they call a taser vest. Did you get that? Good times. So they push a button, and the t- there's no stick to prod them with. There's no gun to pull out. All they do is push a button. It just lights so up his insides. Right. Uh. So if he if he lunges for a donut, you know, as he's watching by Dunkin' Donuts, or you know, tries to walk out of step, that was it. I mean, forget the handcuffs that are on his back, or you know, behind his back, and forget the the handcuffs that are or the ankle cuffs or whatever they're called. He's in chains. You know, he's not walking freely. You know, he's not in a suit and tie. And then, hey, if you if you stumble, you better not fall because you're getting the taser vest. Anyway, the Connecticut State Police are not to be trifled with, but um, they're there for you. I'll tell you that. They're Love unbelievable. Yeah, so, but that's that's Connecticut for you. So when you fly to Connecticut for the tournament and you land at Bradley Field, they're nice people, but no sudden movements. There's no need for that. <laughs> no sudden. They're not. Hey, how you doing, officer? Those are words. They're doing fine, just without your acknowledgement. So you know, just keep your head down and get down the baggage. So love it. So let me let me run over a couple things real quick. Sure. Uh, first of all, game one tonight, Stanley yep. Cup final. Uh, Dallas Stars, Tampa Bay Lightning. That starts at 4.30 Pacific time. Uh, you can catch that game on NBC because there's no one in attendance, obviously. So right. uh, watch that one. And then as we go forward, uh, games three, I'm sorry, games two, three, and four are Monday, Wednesday, Friday of this upcoming week. Uh, and then we'll have to wait because then games five, six, and seven are all as necessary. Um, yeah. So let me let me run this over again. Uh, Burger, uh, I'm sorry, BergerPondHockey.com. Yeah. Uh, go open yeah. that right now so you can learn all about that. And then you're going to join yeah. myself. You're going to join Chef and everybody January 30th of 2021 for the one of the greatest uh, annual hockey events I think you'll ever see. But go to GoFundMe right now and search for Clips for the Cup. Uh, it'll have the Berger Pond Hockey logo. It's a pink and black logo. And uh, Berger Pond Hockey's very own Christopher Sheffield, the chef who's with me right now, uh, they're raising money for the sixth annual Berger Pond Hockey event, the only pond hockey event held in Connecticut. Again, January 30th, 2021. Chef has put his hair and his beard on the line should the goal of $6,000 be obtained and the Stars win the, the Stanley Cup. 
off come the locks of chef is exactly how it was put. Yep. Dude, 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 I cannot wait for this. The flow. Uh, 100% of the proceeds, and this is my favorite part, 100% of the proceeds go directly to the Berger Pond Hockey event because there's a ton of people that are going to come out. We're going to have a great event. I'm going to come out. The Total Sports Experience podcast and radio show will be out there. We're going to do podcasts from there. Hopefully do live feeds from there as well because we do sports uh, updates all across Southern California here. So maybe we can do them from Connecticut that day. Yeah. And yeah. again, uh, I'm praying because uh, here's the funny thing, right? I do this show here from Southern California. Uh, yes, I went to college back uh, back east at uh, Norwich University in Northfield, Vermont. That's the only time that I played hockey back there. I was born uh, ready, born in Honolulu, Hawaii, and a Southern California kid, and I ended up at Northfield, Vermont for college hockey. Okay, mm-hmm. now. That being said, when I get out there, if it's 10 degrees, we're doing the podcast from inside somewhere. Fair enough? Uh, Sure. But I will (laughs) tell you right now, do you know what the temperature was this past evening or last night at Winchester Center where the tournament's held? Do you know what the temperature was? No. Tell me. I'm afraid to ask, but go ahead. 37. Whew. Yeah. You know, that's what I set my refrigerator at, Chef, just so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 gonna be a great time in the yep. middle of January in Connecticut. But yep. go to the GoFundMe page, donate there. We're gonna put this up on our website. We're gonna put it up on our Instagram and our Facebook. Please go there, and if you can donate ten dollars or five dollars or whatever, let me let me ask you this, Chef, before we wrap sure. this up. What does it cost for one of the players to come and play in the tournament? <clears throat> So the play in a tournament is $55 per player. Um, You want to have a team of three or four. Uh, Usually the adults go three. It's a three-on-three tournament. And uh, so the younger players, if they're under 12, you know, they like to go with four skaters on each team. And um, it's $55. You walk out, you get a free T-shirt. You get a a $5 stipend for your lunch. the uh, and I'll tell you exactly where the money goes. The, the it covers the insurance, it covers the upkeep of the dasher boards, it covers the snow removal, it covers the flooding, it covers the the gas and the um, the uh, generators to heat up the water so we flood the pond and so forth, um, and for the ice maintenance and um, and then the rest of the money goes uh, to the Camp Berger um, alumni fund and it, it goes directly. There's that balance sits at zero. Whenever there's money in it, it goes right out. And uh, we pay for kids that can't afford to go to summer camp. We pay for them to, to it's an overnight camp. And um, there's all these activities. There's a pond when it's not frozen, they can go rowing or sailing or kayaking or fun yakking, they call it. And uh, there's swim lessons. Um, there's drama lessons, uh, everything, acting, arts and crafts, sports, um, everything, everything you can imagine that you'd see on the movie meatballs happens at that camp. It's just a, it's a great time for the kids. Um, and that's where I went to camp as a, as a kid. And and I really, I worked there as a, as a counselor and, um, I wanted to give something back and, um, this was the best way I could do it to make as much money as I could to donate it and, uh, year to date, um, I'd say we've, we've raised over, I think, twenty three or $24,000 that, that has been flushed back into that camp. So um, uh, they were closed uh, this 
they were closed two years ago. Um, uh, they had some uh, they had some internal problems uh, with the camp itself, and um, they turned to me and said, "Can you put more money back into your your product and um, and boards and so forth?" So I did, and this past year, um, I, I, I pushed the money to them, and and uh, they have it. It's in it's in a holding pattern, obviously with the with the uh, pandemic. So we're hopeful for next year, but when it does open. Um, you know, a lot of those older buildings are going to need uh, attention. So, um, you know, I want to make sure that the money's there for that. And that means a lot to me and it means a lot to our alumni as well. And um, the only other thing it costs other than the $55 is um, I tell all the hockey moms and dads, uh, clean out your food pantry. It's after the holidays. I'm sure you've got some cans that you don't want or whichever, uh, throw them in a bag. And, um, you know, for parking, we don't charge for parking, but we'd, we'd like some canned goods. And then, uh, this past week we've been working with a, um, pet shelter. Um, so if you have any pet food or, uh, pet supplies, uh, crates, beds, whichever, or you want to purchase a bed and, and bring it for a cat or a dog or another animal. Um, we're working with a, uh, with a local, um, pet shelter in Connecticut. That's going to uh, provide for that. And also, um, you can purchase uh, medication for the animals. So you, you get a voucher. And I believe if you do that, I think Ted's will throw you a free coffee or something like that. But it, it, it's it, for us, it's not about the money. It's about we, we want players to play in our tournament, but we also want people to be responsible for what is happening around in their area. So it's not something that's going to be sent, you know, a thousand miles away. This is right there in their community. And, and um, that's what we're all about. It has a huge reach, so that's my challenge now to all the listeners here of the TSE and all of the followers that we have um, is we're going to put the challenge out as if you're going to donate, look, you want to donate a dollar, five, ten, whatever sure. you can, but my challenge to all the listeners would be donate the $55. Donate enough for one of the kids to get to go to camp, right? And yep. and, and that way it's, it's, it's our way of giving back because, look, as a former player myself, I, that's what I do. I give back. I, we do clinics. Yep. I work with Team USA Hockey all the time. That's just stuff that we like to do because uh, the sport of hockey has made us who we are, uh, and, and that's going to continue. I, you know, it was instilled in me very, very young age that this is the way to go. So if I can help uh, give back to programs like that and give back to other players who have, look, just, you, you and I both know at that age, it's just a love to play the sport. Yeah. That that's what we want to keep pushing. Yeah. So that's that's my challenge to everybody is look, if you're going to donate, donate what you can, but if you can donate the fifty five dollars for a camper to get to the camp, that's yep. what you do and and push it forward. Christopher Sheffield. Our insider for the TSE here on the NHL and the Stanley Cup final preview. Uh, thanks, Chef. Appreciate it, buddy. We're going to do this again for um, for the offseason because, look, as, as good as this episode was and as good as the Stanley Cup final for 2020 is going to be, when we hit the offseason, my word, there is a lot oh, of stuff gonna, that's going to happen. It's going to be a large offseason. I, I can't wait for that as well. The draft uh, is a very deep draft, uh, a lot of moving parts and a frozen cap. Um, you know, uh, I will shed some light that P.K. Subban was told to rent in New Jersey. He was not told to purchase a house when he was traded to the Devils. And um, I believe it was last month his agent told him to pack. So uh, 
we'll have to talk about where he's headed. Uh, and thanks for having me on. I, I appreciate it. Um, uh, all the alumni at Berger Pond Hockey appreciate it as well. But uh, it's always great to talk about hockey and actually have hockey going on. And um, So the next episode, we want the Whaler guys on. We want we're, 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 we'll we'll try. How's that? Yeah. Uh, you know you know the whaler guy thing might be great in Connecticut while we're all there. The four of us we got oh, a round table. Oh, a hundred percent. Look, I got equipment yeah. everywhere. I'll pack it up. We'll bring it. We'll we'll do yeah. it for sure. Uh, again, go to bergerpondhockey.com to check out all of that and then join us. Uh, we're gonna be out there January twentieth, twenty twenty, or January thirtieth. Sorry, the thirtieth, twenty twenty one. Uh, and then that'll be in just enough time for you to get home for the Super Bowl. It'll be perfect. Yeah, that's what I usually do. I, I uh, say goodbye to all of my Patriot friends while they're freezing their took us off, and I get on a plane and fly somewhere where there's sun is the best way to put that. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they're, uh, they're, it's a neat group, and Pete and Jerry will be more than happy to probably hop on and say a few words, but um, – Love it. Be ready for the, be ready for the Carmanos chat. That's I, another one. I will I will uh, either have my delay button ready or oh, we'll just yeah. do some serious editing afterwards. You, <laughs> might, you might as well just put an R on it and we then just say you know too. if you're over eighteen you can purchase this. <laughs> you know that's uh, that might be how it goes. That's some good radio right there, <laughs> Chef. Thanks very much for the talk. But we'll talk soon. Thank you. Our special thanks to Christopher Sheffield, the chef our NHL insider for the Total Sports Experience here on the podcast. Uh, again, if you missed it for whatever reason, we mentioned it a ton of times, but just in case, bergerpondhockey.com, you can go there and get all your information. If you'd like to email us here at the show, it's the TSE show at gmail.com. We can help with details or at least guide you in the right direction on where to get more details for this event, go to GoFundMe.com and look for Clips for the Cup. The goal is $6,000. Berger Pond Hockey's very own Christopher Sheffield, the chef that's with us all the time, is raising money for the 6th annual Burger, I'm sorry, the 6th annual Berger Pond Hockey Tournament, the only pond hockey event held in Connecticut to be held on January 30th, 2021. Chef has put his, his hair and his beard on the line, so the goal should be obtained if the goal should be obtained of $6,000 and the Dallas Stars win the cup, off come the locks of Chef. The beard, the hair will all be gone. And as we, he mentioned in the interview, uh, it's possible that he will have a mohawk. And then I added on, let's get that Dallas Stars logo on the side too. But if the Lightning win, guess what? We're still going to do this because all of the funds, 100% of the proceeds, go directly to the Berger Pond Hockey event. Again, that's the only pond hockey event held in Connecticut, January 30th, 2021. The Total Sports Experience will be there. We're going to do live podcasts from there, uh, from the tournament. We'll interview all the people that uh, are with the tournament, but we're also going to do some live feeds from there and maybe do some of our sports updates for local shows here in California from Connecticut on that day. And again, that's January 30th, so that will get you home just in time if you're from California like I am back into the sunny Southern California weather and just in time for the Super Bowl the following week. So if you want more information, again, go to bergerpondhockey.com. You can email us here at the show. The four ways you get a hold of us here at the TSE are Instagram and Twitter. It's TSE underscore show at both of those. You can use that on Facebook or just search for the TSE show. We have our own Facebook page. 
And then again, the email for us is thetseshow at gmail.com. You can email us there to get more information on our show, uh, more information on anything else, more informa- information on Berger Pond Hockey that we're going to be at. It's going to be amazing. And we'd like to set the challenge to all of our listeners uh, and all of our followers that if you can donate, if you could donate $2, $5, $10, whatever it may be, to our GoFundMe for our tournament, all of these proceeds are going for campers that can't uh, afford to get to this tournament but just love the sport of hockey and want to be a part of it. I encourage you or anybody that's going to donate to donate $55. And that's a weird amount, but as we mentioned it before, $55 is what a camper would need to go to camp for free. That would pay for everything for their uh, entrance fees, for the insurance, uh, for uh, the jerseys, for the t-shirts, and then it'll also help pay for their lunch. They get a $5 stipend for lunch as well. So uh, great, great event. This will be the sixth year that we're doing it. Uh, I say we're doing it. It's not me. It's Chef and and the gang that that put on just a fantastic tournament. So uh, if you'd like to be there, uh, let me know. If you have a team uh, of youth that would like to go out and be a part of this, let Berger Pond Hockey know, let us know, and we'll get you information on how to do that very thing. Uh, so, Bolts and Stars, tonight, game number one. We'll check in with you throughout the week and see how that series is going. We also have a baseball uh, episode coming up because the Dodgers are down to four games as a magic number to lock up everything for uh, the playoffs. They're already in the playoffs, but there will be uh, more to be had there. And then playoff baseball is coming. Uh, the Lakers won game number one in the NBA Finals. We're going to talk about that again. And then we're going to talk a big, another one for hockey. And we've got some great UFC fights coming up as well. Don't miss that. So much action, action, so much to talk about here on the Total Sports Experience. Until we can do this again, be good humans, and we'll see you on the next time.